listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I'm here with Vincent Kirkov, a.k.a. LVO Champion, a.k.a. producer of Alfredo's Size 3 Taco Truck, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast. What's going on, Vince? Uh, not a lot. I Nothing weird has happened to me lately. <laughs> Business as usual. Are, are you enjoying the, like, everybody wants to talk to the champion time period? Uh, I am. It's uh, it's interesting and weird, and you know, I feel like I've spent the first half of my Mar- Marvel career going, "Hey, someone listen <laughs> to me. I have good ideas." And now a lot of people are like, "Do you have good ideas? <laughs> I need to talk to you." Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that's a journey that a lot of people go through in one capacity or another. Um, based on our conversations at LVO, I was seriously considering titling this episode "How to Get Off More Interrogates." <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah. uh, for the listeners, he is not running Black Widow, or at least not Agent Widow. Uh, um, but I understand you get a lot of questions um, about how to uh, whatever random Shield shenanigan. Like you have your plan, and you have created this great Shield plan, and it works. But people mm-hmm. want to ask you about every single other weird possible thing that S.H.I.E.L.D. can do, like you have practiced that just as much as you have practiced your plan. Yeah, and uh, spoilers, I, I have not. <laughs> I have played very little Agent Widow, and I kind of think Interrogate is a bad plan. Uh, well, anyway, we'll, we'll get that one out of the way. We'll, the Interrogate tech will be in the bonus episode. Cha-cha! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Subscribe to Omnis's yeah. Patreon for the secret to yeah. interrogate. <laughs> exactly. I'll only share yeah. it with the patrons. Uh, anyway, uh, first off, man, I just want to say congratulations. Um, I got to watch multiple of your games. You you were a very clean player throughout the weekend, um, and you, you came out on top with something that people weren't expecting. So I know you're probably getting a lot of congratulations, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. Like whenever someone gets to like Dark Horse and you you win with something that is that is really truly your own design, I think that's a, a really special feeling. So excellent job. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I, I did really enjoy the fact that it was Dark Horse and not Meta and. If, if I could surprise everyone at every tournament, that would be my ideal. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, I, I mean, I say it a lot right now, but I'm like, I'm on a journey of like, I really enjoyed my excellent, my X Men exploration of 2022. But you know, like that that secret's fucking out, and uh, um, you know, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that journey as opposed to just like grabbing something that existing that everybody knew worked. Um, and that's what I think is you know particularly special about um, your trip to the top. Um, and which is, which is interesting for which we're going to drive into that more. But, um, I wanted to ask you first, like, I want to go through your MCP journey a little bit. Um, I know web warriors was kind of one of your, your first dives, um, when you got into MCP, but was there something before web warriors or was web warriors kind of like the very first thing? So how I got into painting Marvel or I got into Marvel through painting, uh, you know, like the pandemic hit yeah. like all of us. Uh, I was playing Guild Ball. Guild Ball was discontinued during the pandemic. Uh, and 
I, my girlfriend wanted to, or now wife, uh, uh, wanted to watch We Are Venom, or not We Are Venom, the the first one, the Venom movie. She was like, oh, this looks fun and dumb. <laughs> and I bought Venom from the store. I was like, I'm going to paint this while we watch this movie. Aw, I didn't know that. That's, a, that's an excellent story. Um, and then I, I started to, and then I was like, okay, what's the next model I want to paint? I want to paint Ultron. So I bought the core set. And then Nate gave me a demo. And from there, I was like, okay, what's the kind of control faction <laughs> that looks fun? And I bought into Wakanda. And then, like, two days after my Wakanda models arrived, Gwen was spoiled. Ooh, okay. And Getting the timeline down in my head now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I saw Lifesaver, and I was like, this is the most Vince-style ability I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm going to play whatever faction this thing's from. And then... I'm a pretty basic person when it comes to my Marvel tastes. I love Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse is definitely my favorite comic book movie. So I played Webs. And I played Webs right until Shield came out and then I played Shield. Was it um was it immediately apparent that you were going to go into Shield? Like did you know that basically right away or did it kind of be an idea that grew on you as you, you know, kind of thought about Nick Fury and the tactics cards and stuff more? Uh, so my experience with shield was very funny because, uh, somebody just like messaged me, like, did you see the Nick Fury spoilers? This seems very you. And then I misread it and I read by you time as the leadership, like, cause it was just texted to me. I didn't, I wasn't looking at a card. And if by you time was a leadership, I was like, it doesn't matter what's in this faction. I was like, this is the best faction in the game. By you time. <laughs> now I was like forgetting what that is. Oh, Bayou Time is the thing that lets you put the objectives where you want them as the grunts. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, I was like, and all right. I have no I idea what that superpower is called, but gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be fucking insane. It would be insane. Like, it, like, Viper could be the best model in my faction, but if that was the leadership, it just kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. It'd be so good at objective running, it'd be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so I was paying attention to that, and. Uh, Eye in the Sky was spoiled, and I was taking a good hard look at that, and then I almost audibled to them for Adepticon. I was like, do you think, like, as he came out the Friday before Adepticon, and I was like, do you think if I, like, showed up with a painted Nick Fury, like, I just painted him day one of the convention, and then the event was day two, do you think they would just let me play with it? <laughs> and they were like, we will not. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I didn't need a good reason to... <laughs> audible out of webs and then i just took a break from the plan was to just take a break from web warriors and see if i liked something else and i've never gone back i have touched very little outside of shield so with this with this concept of being able to do lots of things during your opponent's turn i'm getting the impression that this was kind of always your thing like you you played this sort of thing in guild ball your your some of the things that attracted you most were like venom's counterattacking gwen's lifesavering this was kind of always hmm. been your favorite thing would you would you say that that's fair to say yeah, I think so. Uh, I think when I play games, I'm mostly just looking for agency. I want to be able to determine my own fate as much as possible. So as I've evolved as a miniature gamer, as miniature games have evolved, I've you know moved from you go, I go, 
to these alternating activation style games. I was like, oh, this is much more my jam. I get to have a say and impact more often between turns. And then now that's not even enough for me anymore. Now I want to I want to do stuff on your turn. <laughs> I can't have an entire activation go. And having played Shield for as long as I have, man, it feels terrible playing anything else. And it's like you just have to sit here and let Malekith charge you. Like <laughs> that's that's what we do here. I, I imagine there's a lot of like Magic players, you know, who are who are used to you know playing blue control or something. Be like, I get exactly what Vince is saying right now. I don't I don't like to just like let my opponent do their thing. I want to tell them no, you can't do the thing, or you have to do it this way, or you know, so. I, I feel like you you are probably not the only one that uh that has that particular feeling. Um now when we talk about this this style of play and for the listeners, you know, we're talking about eye in the sky, got your back, um, you know, you know, you had venom in your list for quite a while with, you know, the snack back, you uh what's Hawkeye's counterattack? Uh, fast, fast draw. draw. You know, you know, you've got sacrifice, you you have compiled a list that is probably the, the the strongest mix of things you can do during your opponent's turn of really any list that I've ever seen. Now, I'm not going to go so far as to say that you invented this concept because obviously this was something like... I remember when Ant-Man and the Wasp came out, everybody was like, wait a minute, is there going to be this like reversal tech? You know, you know, Zemo and you know, Black Widow counter-strikes. Like, it's something that's been in discussion as far back as like will there be a stealth spam team right you know it it is not a new concept in itself but there's a very big difference between people talking on discord about maybe a thing one day working and what you have put together which works um you um you've already kind of explained what about this style appeals to you but i'm very curious I mean, it does seem like a mentally taxing for you to play with all of your different options and all the things that you're setting up, but it it seems like it may actually be more taxing for your opponent. Is that been generally your impression overall? Yeah, that's that's absolutely the thing. Like the list is brain burning, I'm not gonna lie, like in playing, you know, eleven rounds of that over a long weekend. Like uh it takes effort, but first and foremost I enjoy that part of the game. Like, I'm here to, like... Ultimately, I play miniature games to kind of let my brain play, ultimately. Yeah, do do fun shit. Challenge and yourself, like... Exactly. And then it is just so much tougher for my opponent to do it because there's no way they have hundreds of games into S.H.I.E.L.D. It's just not possible. Um, even, like, I think... Uh, Nate is probably one of the most practiced players against shield because I play him all the time and he doesn't have a hundred games in a shield. Yeah, for sure. But I have hundreds of games of shield and I know how to lay the traps better than you know how to step around them. So they're going to burn your brain harder than mine. And it's one thing to be carrying a heavy load for a long time. It's another thing for someone to just drop a ton of bricks on your back. (laughs) For sure. Um, one thing that I noticed, I did, I did take a bit of a, a stint into Shield myself, um, and one of my locals, uh, Brett, um, I think kind of like saw what you were doing with Shield and picked it up, um, and he got a couple of like key wins against me, and I'm like, this is this is a lot to this is a lot to unpack. 
And I will say more so than any affiliation that I've ever tried, I felt like my ability to play against them dramatically improved after playing them. Like more so than any other affiliation in the game by like a significant amount. Um, and I know that Nate tried them out for a little bit too. Do you do you think that applies to Shield? Would you say that's a fair statement? Yeah, I absolutely think it is because it's one of those things that's really easy to play against, especially when it's like piloted by a good player and just go, all that stuff's so broken and so <laughs> unfun to play against. And it's because you don't see the holes in it. Like there are holes in the defenses of that list. They're just hard to find and they're hard to get at. And I'm doing everything I can to make them tough to get at. But when you try to play it yourself, you'll realize I'm scared of this thing happening. I really hope they don't see it. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely one where there's been... I've had games against S.H.I.E.L.D. where it... Um, and obviously, no offense to Brett, but he's obviously not... Uh, does not have as many reps into it as you do. But there were still points that are like, I got caught in the traps. Like, I stepped on the rakes, and it sucks. You know, when that <laughs> rake smacks you in the face, you're like, this does not feel good at mm -hmm. all. You know, or the like... You know, you're you're tactically using your sacrifices and your heroes for hire, and then you your Hulk still gets Heliosed at the end, and you're like, ah, should I have risked? Should I have saved that heroes for hire? Did I overexpose Luke that got him killed when I knew that I needed him to absorb the Helios? You know, there's there's all these little things. But then I remember a game with X-Men Red that I just absolutely tore Brett apart because I had just gone through like a month of playing Shield, and I think he had gotten a little out of practice, and I was just like I felt very comfortable with the traps, and I dodged the rakes, and um, and so I do think it's an affiliation where it, it's kind of kind of in the same way that I've talked about X Men in the past. Like you need a lot of reps with it. Like this is not going to be an affiliation you're going to like just walk into and have the the sort of success that uh, that you're seeing with Shield. Do you have kind of an idea of like? If someone wanted to step into S.H.I.E.L.D. and they wanted to get some practice with them, like, what would, what would your tips be? Like, what amount of games, like, what are what are the most common mistakes um, that you see people, you know, anything on that topic? Absolutely. So interesting that you would mention this, because I have published a video called Top 10 Tips for Playing S.H.I.E.L.D. And everybody should go check that out if you're thinking about S.H.I.E.L.D. I am an absolute televangelist <laughs> for shield like i will convince anyone to play it i think my biggest success of lvo wasn't winning it but convincing deluca to pick up shield which which i'm sure i'm gonna effing regret at adepticon <laughs> which is hilarious because as i was as i tried them and as i saw your success and stuff with them I remember messaging him multiple times and being like, dude, I think this affiliation's really good, and I'm kind of surprised that you don't like them. This seems like this could be your thing. And obviously, I just did not have the sales pitch, um, or did not try hard enough. But uh, yeah, I, I think this could be something that uh, that he digs into a lot. And Dude, this could be real scary if you convince a few other people as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we're... Fortunately, I don't think we're ever going to live in a world where, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is really, really popular. People don't pick up the superhero game to play the Dudes with Guns faction. And they're maybe the least fun faction to paint in terms of, like, sculpts. Not that their sculpts are bad, but, like, I don't know. You look at spider foes, which have, like, ten of the twenty most iconic sculpts or uh, character designs in all of comics. And it's like, or you can be dude with gun and metal arm. <laughs> well, I will say, uh, I, I mean, we'll get to future releases and stuff, 
but uh, Spider Woman and uh, Agent Venom, like they're literally sitting on my table, and I love both of these sculpts. But it was funny, like prior mm-hmm. to these releases, I think my favorite sculpt in Shield is War Machine, and he might be the character I hate most in the game. <laughs> Man, War Machine, I'm so close to loving. He is really good in S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, but he just, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. has so many insane threes. He needs, like, one thing. Like, if his rocket pods ignored cover, or maybe if they made power, I'd be in on him. If They should just give him Too Dangerous to Ignore or Taunt. This model would be absurd in S.H.I.E.L.D. with Yeah, Tom. I was just thinking, like, he would be kind of cool if he would fill the, the Luke Cage role, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't think it would be weird for him to have Taunt. Like, he does, like even in the movies, you see Rhodey, like, trying to get the attention of enemies and, um, you know, if he had, a, you know, some sort of protective card. Because he's, he's also served as, like, bodyguard for the president you know, like that would not mm-hmm. be a weird thing for him, and I, I think that would make him a way more interesting character. Yeah, and then combine that with the fact that if Shield is winning, like one of the silliest things you can do with the leadership or the front half of the leadership is use it to set up beams. Like they shoot Rhodey, or in our magical Christmas land where he gets a ratted to have taunt, <laughs> shoot one of my other models. Sack it on a roadie. Roadie lives. I activate roadie and set up a beam with my shield leadership trigger. Uh, that that seems really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I fundamentally agree with you. I don't ever see. It doesn't matter how good shield is. I don't think shield will ever be the most popular affiliation. It would have to be so insanely powered for the combination of. What's kind of bland characters? Like, I don't want to insult them. Like, I know that this is some people's favorite affiliation, but it's it's just not going to appeal to the masses. And even though it's an attrition machine, this is not a murder slot machine roster. This is this is not just I'm going to line up in the middle and roll dice. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of tactical thought that has to go into everything that you're setting up. And... You know how you handle an Infinity Formula game, right? And, like, maybe that's a good topic. Like, you know, do you have any advice for, you know, when you're not playing on Gamma or Demons and you've got to kind of split up your guns and your packages, do you have combinations that you like to set up? Or is it entirely matchup dependent? Oh, man, there's so many things here to unpack. There's so many directions to We're go We're unwrapping the, the, whole, the whole Christmas now. Everything unpacks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Infinity Formula is the worst secure of my secures that I play. Like, again, Shield is a lot about the surface area your guns can dig into and whether or not you can focus fire. Um, as far as splitting up the things, what's really great about Shield is that, with the exception of the Tunic Furies, the pieces are really interchangeable. They all kind of, like, there's a lot of redundancy. They all kind of do similar-ish stuff with their own little unique twist. Like, ultimately, Bucky is not that different from Hawkeye. They're both range 5 guns with two-cost mobility. Now, they have their own special sauce on it and their own ways to get attacks outside of activation. And they want their own specific matchups, but 
they're kind of redundant pieces. So you do have a lot of flexibility in like your matchups. So just like think about what you want to shoot. Like if there's a thing, you know, if there's a crossbones across the way from you, maybe Hawkeye over there and Iron Man over there instead of a Bucky and the commandos. Do you, do you lean towards splitting up Bucky and the commandos or do you like to keep them together so that they can kind of like double got your back the same target? Does that factor in at all? It does. It's a thing I think about a lot. <laughs> and it's really fortunate in that it's kind of bananas both ways. <laughs> I had a feeling like, that's what the well, answer was going to be. Like, double got your back is insane. But also, single got your back is insane when it covers the entire board. Like, if it doesn't matter where they daze the model, if they don't daze the, the got your back model, they're getting shot. Is one of, like, the core tenets of... Uh, what makes it difficult to play into shield. So on the topic of the commandos, this is like, the more I look at the commandos, the more I think that they're kind of just like a straight up absurd three threat. And I'm honestly kind of surprised that they are not splashed more often. And they've just kind of been overlooked. And I think part of that for me personally is I think they're just a, like a really boring looking model. And I, I don't like them aesthetically. And I think that affects me more than I'd like to admit. But do you do you think this is a character that more people should be splashing? Or do you think it's it's it just works because it's S.H.I.E.L.D.? Okay, so to quote Mike DeLuca, <laughs> this is the most ridiculous model no one's talking about. Um... I think the Howling Commandos are in the discussion for the best three thread in the game. I also thought I was going to hate painting these models and dislike how they looked. I think this was the model I had the single most amount of fun painting in all of Shield. I it's a low bar. I literally but sure. like sitting. <laughs> it's a low bar. Uh, I mean, there's some cool stuff like I did non-metallic metal on Bucky's arm, and I had a really good time with that. And I textured Fury's coat, and I had a good time with that. But I was just, like, painting military fatigues, and I was just having a great time. And I'm like, oh, my God, am I my father? <laughs> uh, their base is really cool. Like, painting them together, and they're, like, a mini diorama. Uh, it just, like, it hits a lot of the hobby things that I like. Like, I think building dioramas and building those display bases are really fun, and they kind of come packed in with all that stuff. So I think they're really fun there. Also, they are very cost prohibitive if you think you're just going to splash them, and they're in only shield. So if you're not a shield player, and you have no intention of ever picking up shield, they're a tough sell, even if they are the best three threat splash for you. Because they're $45 for one model. Like, the only thing that's, like, more pricey per model, in my opinion, is Thanos. Or maybe... Or maybe the new Weapon X cash grab. But uh, I think they're just absolutely insane. They're so good. They're so toolboxy. They're exactly the kind of three threat I like to play. Like, do you want damage amp in your list? They have uh, both got your back and the incinerate grenade for damage amp. Do you want uh, do you want mobility? They have siblings in arms on a three threat on a medium base. They have the best version of this ability. 
Do you want consistency in your model? They have a gainer, so you know always what you're getting when you're making attacks. Uh, do you want to just deal absurd amounts of damage? Good lord, their spender's dumb. Do you remember when they removed Flurry from the game? Like, essentially all Flurry went to Crit Wild. And then here come the Commandos, a three threat with just Wild Shoot again. They just basically get Flurry, it's just not called Flurry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I forget, it does, it does have to target the same character, though. Does it does not. not even have to target the same, so it really is just <laughs> Flurry. It's range four Flurry. Great. But yeah, there's there's a lot of little aspects <laughs> of this character, right? You know, it's a stealth character with a range four gun, which is always impactful. Mm. It's a stealth, you know, it's a character that can't be got your backed in the mirror, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of little things, mm. and, and it's, they're fast, like it's I think that's something I always forget about that model is just how much it opens up different plays because it's just an above average speed model because of its base size. And the other thing I just like I love about Shield and the Commandos are a great example of a model that creates this feeling in me is that the more time you spend with Shield the better you get at it. For sure. And as far as I can tell, I don't think there's a ceiling to that. I don't think I'm done getting better at playing shield. And I definitely think there are factions where you where like good players have already hit those ceilings. And I'm not saying I'm the best shield player, but I think I'm in the discussion and I don't think I've hit the ceiling as to how good uh I can play shield. And the commandos just have they have so many different aspects, so many different ways they can approach the game and they can change their approach on a dime and i just think so many models in shield are like that well i don't think it's a stretch to say that it's entirely possible that you might have more shield games than anyone and even even maybe playtesters and such like because obviously they're not going to just keep playing shield but uh you you it is it is not a crazy thing to say that you might have more shield games than anyone um I have a lot of shield games. <laughs> more, more than a couple. So, um, obviously, we're going to be focusing on shield for this episode, but since we were kind of talking about just, like, how good the commandos are in general, um, has there been anything where you've just kind of, like, looked at some rosters or something in Longshanks, and you'd be like, man, why aren't they playing commandos? All right. So, so one of the things I do... so. Because I have uh, a channel and another podcast, I do leave shield from time to time. And I also, when I give demo games or I'm playing against new players, I don't just drop shield. Like, talk about, like, maybe the worst experience you could have in a demo game is, like, play trying to play around shield traps in a game where you don't really understand how attacks <laughs> work. So I always carry a second thing in my bag. And I've had success with the commandos in a lot of places because I'm not a terribly creative list builder even though it appears that way, because my secret is I just take whatever I was playing last and I put a bunch of those pieces in the new thing that I'm playing so that I can at least know how pieces operate. So like, I think a lot of I'm us are like, guilty okay, of that. Yeah. So I'm like, let's go dabble in spider foes. So like spider foes are the faction that I own to paint. And then they, I also give demo games with them because a lot of people pick up Spider-Man as their first team and you get to like, cackle and cosplay green goblin and be like die spider-man <laughs> uh which is really fun to I'm do something of a and scientist myself 
<laughs> oh yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm doing some serious science over here. And the Howling Commandos help that team a lot because while that team does have action compression, its action compression largely only exists if they're already in range of the thing they're attacking. You want to explain what you mean by action compression real quick, just so I, listeners and myself are all on the same board. Yeah, absolutely. This is like a catch-all term for one action is kind of like two actions. So example, the obvious examples are like hit and run and charge. But this can also be things like new Logan's attack and place, where he can use it to move while also getting an attack. So like it's like two for one. So are you using it the same way that I would go. usually use action economy, or are you also just talking about... Because like, it sounds like the way that you're using it is also just like talking about things like flurry and such, where you just have characters who are getting more than two actions. Yeah, okay. essentially, yeah. It's like... It, it kind of... It's like... I think action economy can be like a more specific like charge hit and run type thing and it's like just like a slightly broader version of that makes sense yeah okay uh but yeah it's like this is a wreck i'm talking about a rectangle action economy is a square gotcha okay we're on the same page um, now continue <laughs> absolutely so siblings in arms is really really good in foes because they lack that thing so like if you think about foes like Goblin as Hidden Run, but Hidden Run doesn't help you get into range. It helps you uh, get onto points when you're already in range. Uh, same thing with like Mysterio's attack. So one of the ways that spider foes can lose is constantly being pushed away by like Wakanda type abilities and things like that. Commandos largely fix that. You can just like run around and be like, "You're back in the fight," and you're back in the fight. Yeah, it ha- it was crazy and, watching multiple games when you like, because the commandos are often a character that gets dazed, right? Because people don't like, mm-hmm. oh, I can at least take away one got your back, like because if I daze them, but then they're fully loaded on power, and like the next round you reposition like three characters. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, yep, yeah, you got that daze, but you're you're kind of like. You're, you essentially end up granting so much action compression that it's it's kind of insane at times. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like, I don't know, like paying two power to give like another model, like another action is a thing. It's a superpower you would use all the time. And that's what Siblings in Arms is at its best. Yeah. So it, it takes some skill to arrive there. But when you arrive there, it's so good. Yeah, and obviously, like, right. uh, Siblings in Arms is an exact duplicate of Royal Decree, and, you know, mm-hmm. Medusa's one of my partner's favorite characters to play, and then when you're, like, showing so all, of, like, when they see the Matrix, and they're like, wait a minute, I can do all, like, I can reposition this, and then reposition myself off of them, and then reposition this character, and you're just like, that's so good, right? And it's it's something that is surprisingly difficult to click for some people. Yeah, Uh absolutely. And then to make matters even better for the commandos is that because they have the range for gun and the large base, they can like shoot stuff on the midline and then put something else up to shoot that middle thing. And so like the bigger base and the longer range helps a ton. And man, I, these pieces are, I love these guys. They're the best. (laughs) Never leaving my shield roster. Um, Oh, and then, oh, go ahead. Oh, to, to keep with the question, I think how we started this is where else you put them? They're so silly in Inhumans, right? Like, handing these guys one power on turn one, the the stuff they do with one more power on turn one is ridiculous. 
I'm uh, I'm re- I'm noting that one down because Inhumans was one of the one of the affiliations I'm looking at right now and going like, hmm, who breaks Black Bolt? And I think you're absolutely right. And I don't, even though I, like I'm a fan of the Commandos, somehow that didn't quite click to me just how good one power truly is for them because that one power almost certainly refunds itself. It's basically a zero mm-hmm. cost. Because they're then going to get the power yeah. and either just do another thing with that action. They're guaranteed that one power back. Um, and so, listeners, like if you're not that familiar with Inhumans, what we're talking about is essentially if Black Bolt's leadership has someone give them one power, they're probably gaining an action out of that one power that then leads to gaining a power anyway. So they could just hand it off to someone else. And so you're not really losing anything. Yeah, like... What the worst case use of uh, King of the Inhumans, his leadership, is like they take a power from someone, they siblings in arms themselves, and then get an extra attack out of that. Just getting that power back for your team that you can then hand out somewhere else. Like ah, this model is so good at Inhumans. I've been playing it a ton there. I think Inhumans are absolutely slept on right now. I think there is gold in them hills. I agree. I'm not going to go look for it, but I think it's there. It's it's high on, like, I explored them a little bit last year, and this was before Commandos came out, and so, like, my main thing was Black Cat, and just, like, how stupid she is when she just always gets to steal, always gets to stagger, and, you know, just, like, her thing is on all the time, was, like, kind of my game-winning plan. Um, but, man, yeah, Commandos, real, real, real good there. Um, while we're kind of on the topic of the shield tactics and characters and how they work in other things, after uh, after LVO, one of the things that hit me was that we might see other variations of your roster. Um, my first thought was obviously Avengers, right? Because Bucky is pseudo affiliated, Hawkeye's already affiliated, Iron Man's affiliated. Um, and whereas, like, Sam or Steve's leadership is different than Nick Fury's and having Eye in the Sky, there's still cool interactions where, like, Sam, right, still gives you some of that, like, oh, you killed a character, now I get to move Bucky into position and then got your back, or, you know, whatever. Um, and then, you know, Steve turns on the got your backs where suddenly they're costing two and one. Um, so, um... You know, there's that, and then even recently with uh, Nigel and Dizzard, been building an X Force version that's like, well, what happens if all the Got Your Backs always have a reroll, and that sort of thing. Um, obviously, Shield's probably going to remain your favorite version of it, um, but is this something that you've thought about at all? Like other teams potentially like doing this sort of plan that you've uh, pioneered? I, this is literally top of my mind coming out of LVO. Shield has a major weakness. So I think Shield would be maybe the best thing in the game if Storm leadership didn't exist. I think that might be a fair assessment. Yeah, I think like their matchup into X-Men it's just it's laughably bad. Like you have to outplay your opponent so hard to win that matchup. Uh, for like a bunch of reasons. They have like every axis that Shield doesn't want to fight on, X-Men is actively trying to fight on and good at forcing you to fight on that axis with the cover with the never having to stand on the midline with uh, models with lots of healing with models that can reduce damage to one with like all this stuff with like stealth and stealth that can't be removed and 
all this stuff. Before you jump off, of, before uh, I interrupt you too much, I just want to say, trying to stop playing X-Men and play other things and being like, all of a sudden, S.H.I.E.L.D. is an awful matchup is also very, like, <laughs> I just want you to know from the opposite perspective as someone who, like, plays X-Men, I'm like, oh, I'm just naturally good into S.H.I.E.L.D. to, like, trying to switch to something else and be like, well, now what the fuck do I do about S.H.I.E.L.D.? I feel, I feel your yeah, pain. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you do. <laughs> um, anyway, continue. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I'm sorry. What, what question am I trying to answer before I went on we, this tangent? We were kind of just talking about the S.H.I.E.L.D. plan, um, your plan, but in other affiliations. Yes. Um, so, I think there's, like, builds of S.H.I.E.L.D. that can splash easily. So, like, my roster is tight only in characters. And I think there's some hard choices you could make there to like splash into Avengers with uh, cutting two slots. Because I have nine slots I really love in my roster and one that I don't, the Rhino slot, I'm not in love with and I'm playing around with. But I think you could find one more slot and maybe put like Sam Hulk there and suddenly have something that's very good in X-Men. And pivot potential and, in general is never really a bad idea because if someone's like, all right, I'm planning completely for this, you know, if you just feel like your opponent has too many stealth characters or is playing too much of a control game or something, you, you just open up other avenues where you could pivot the, the game plan. Yeah, absolutely. And the tactics card tax on shield is actually shockingly light in my experience. Um, there's 10 tech discard slots. I have six that I want to play. <laughs> I have everything else is for incredibly corner case scenarios. Like I can do things like I have mission objective in my roster. This is only for legacy virus. I'm never going to play this any other time because every other card I would want to play is better than this in that specific situation. Uh, Marked for death is similar. This is just for uh, web warriors it's okay into Criminal Syndicate, but it's mostly just for webs. And there's like a bunch of card slots like that. There's really only six, maybe seven that are essential to playing Shield, which leaves you lots of space in the roster. And that's usually the difficulty with dual affiliation, in my experience, is the crisis or is the tactics card crunch that happens. So. Uh, I would love to look at playing Avengers. I also think there are builds that splash like a tall guy that are very strong. I think there's almost certainly a Thanos build of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think there's probably a Hulk or Juggernaut build of S.H.I.E.L.D. where you splash like one big guy and he's impossible to get purchase on because of Eye in the Sky obviously something I experimented with a bit and I'm again I'm not sure it's better than your version but uh, it was not a list that I had trouble winning with and it had both Hulk and Thanos <laughs> and uh, I, I lost very very few games with that roster Shield is uh, yeah. Shield is pretty fucking good so, surprise surprise you take a faction that's one of the top five factions yes. in the game but it's difficult to play and people don't see very often so they don't have reps into it and then you slam one of the most powerful pieces into that faction. Wow, it's good. No way. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. I could have never guessed. <laughs> you know, I feel bad because I did talk down S.H.I.E.L.D. a little bit in my um, my pre-app 
to LVO, which was kind of weird for me because I've been praising Shield for a while. I saw what you were doing, thought it was really strong, tried a couple versions, uh, you know, my you know my slight variations on what you were doing. It felt really strong, and I was preaching them for a while. And then I just had concerns that there was going to be too much Brotherhood in X-Men for S.H.I.E.L.D. to excel in the LVO meta. Um, and you had, you know, one tough Brotherhood to to dive through, but then you, you know, outside of the LCQ, you, you managed to avoid all of the X-Men, which can just happen. 13 is not enough to, like, guarantee a matchup. Um, and even if you got one, doesn't mean that you don't, you can't take that one because you get the right crisis combination or, um, but, um, so I felt bad talking them down and then being like, okay, the one time I talked them down a little bit was the time that Vince crushes everyone except Nate. Um, and I was like, fuck, of course that would be what happened. And I will be on the record being like, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s not going to do well. Um, but why don't we talk... Well, let me come to your defense here real quick. Because you called it yeah. right. Like, it, it was Brotherhood and X-Men heavy. But I think a lot of other people called the meta correctly. So Everybody was out there gunning for X-Men. Everyone had a plan to beat X-Men. And it was it after round two, just Vodka Blitz was left? Um, yes, I believe that was true. Like, round two, all X-Men lost that could. That weren't... Yeah, they exactly. Didn't I think, and lost. I think Vodka Blitz won yes, the mirror. Vod- was how yes, he survived. exactly. <laughs> um, and I was like, holy shit, that just happened. Um, but that's... I think one of the things that people don't don't realize. I was talking about this a lot with uh, Jesse from Fury's Finest, which I know you you recorded with recently. Um, but like when he won LSO, there was a lot of matchups where in that one he got the best of his secures and the best of his opponent's extracts for him, and then the reverse happened at LVO where he would you know he would get a matchup and like this is a totally winnable game and then he gets the best possible secure for his opponent and then the worst possible extract for him and that was just enough that it, it tilted some of those matchups um do you do you want to talk about how you approach playing into these bad matchups with shield um and what do you truly consider those bad matchups and how much crisis okay. affects that so there's really two bad matchups and then like a like two weird like close to bad matchups. So the two bad matchups are first and foremost X-Men. X-Men is really tough because Shield really punishes you standing on the midline. X-Men have a bunch of nonsense tricks and they never have to stand on the midline. They can take every one of the midline extracts and never give you any shots on them and then you have to go chase them, which Shield is also bad at. On top of that, they have a bunch of these characters that are, like, really good at killing three threats if they just get a little bit lucky. Not even, like, that lucky. Like, they win a coin flip. And suddenly they can, like, tear through two or three models. Uh, I'm looking at you, the Wolverines. (laughs) Snick, Uh, snick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So it's, like, it's this extract runner team that can hit you hard if you overextend into them. And then that combined with cover, where we're punished heavily by cover because we're a bunch of bad attacks. I'm a, an absurd amount of bad attacks. Like, it is not insane in, like, an 18 or 19 point shield list to have a non-optimal turn be, like, 18 attacks. Yeah, that is pretty now, normal. Now, those attacks are great. 
Yeah, but it's like it's like a pretty normal thing to happen. But when one damage comes off every one of those attacks guaranteed, you suddenly go from like my floor is like sixteen damage to my floor is like seven damage. When do you ever I'm not sure if you're actually on Facebook that much anymore, but do you ever see one of those posts in the Facebook group when someone's like Storm's leadership is awful. It doesn't do anything after turn one. <laughs> Um, I imagine you and I have very uh, similar responses to that, where I'm like, man, I feel like the average game, Storm's leadership, gives me, like, ten extra health. So, like, I always try to temper this with the fact that, like, I view a lot of the game through a shield yeah. lens. So, Storm seems tougher than she really is, and I've been touched badly by almost every <laughs> X-Men model. Like, good lord, Logan, X-23, and Rogue are absolutely BS models. <laughs> and... So I always try to temper my experience with that, but we have a running joke in our Discord about the entitled X-Men player as like a trope, where it's like, ah, it's so tone deaf for them not to put Logan in X-Men. And (laughs) because what was it on a stream, uh, Schick either misspoke or depending on what actually happened behind the scenes, spoke honestly and said new Logan wasn't going to be an X-Men. And then either he misspoke, and he actually was an X-Men, or the entire community bullied Chick into play, <laughs> into putting Logan in X-Men, because that was, like, top of mind, it felt like, in every Discord for a month. Yeah, I mean, it was, I was absolutely, I didn't want to, like, publicly try to make people boycott it, but I was like, man, because for me personally, what it was is I was so sick of having X-Men conversations that were like, X-Men suck. I'm like, no, they don't suck. This is how to play them. Like, yeah, but I just want to play, like, Cyclops, Wolverine, and Colossus, and, you know, Gene. And, like, they literally want to play the worst characters in the game because they love X-Men. And it's like, come on, just give me one, give me one X-Men affiliated character that fits this. Or I'm like, hey, you can play Logan, and he's really good. And I was just like, man... If I have to go through all of this for another year without at least having, like, one of these fan favorites. Um, But uh, I will say, I really doubt... I'm sure it was a a Schick or whoever said it, Schick or Dallas. um, I can't imagine that they're just going to stick someone in affiliation that they did not playtest. Yeah. I I think I I agree with that. But, man, it's fun to just, like, make fun of X-Men players for this kind of thing. Also, I have this kind of philosophy with the game... Where it's like, so there's clearly stuff in the game that I think is too good right now. You know, we can talk about Hulk, we can talk about X-Men, we can talk about the top five models played in the LVL that have all better than like 30% penetration in LVL. And I would love all those models to be tamped down. But when you look at those models with the exception of Voodoo are all fan favorites. And it's like, okay, something has to be the best in the game. And if the best big boy in the game is Hulk, I think you've picked a pretty good model to be the strongest model. And that's just like, if the strongest things in the game have to be the most popular things in the game, and like they would be played a lot anyway, like, I don't know if you could imagine a world in MCP where X-Men see no play, Avengers see no play, Brotherhood see no play. Yes, it would be. I think that's that's like a fundamental failure of executing on the promise of the game, where everyone, if like everybody is playing in humans, <laughs> for sure. Like, I mean, we both played. Uh, you know, we both played War Machine, 
And there was so many times I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you, like, so Brian Dugas was paid practically a year's salary to sculpt the Archangel, which is this giant dragon. So mm-hmm. not only did you, you, you have someone hand sculpt one of the most insane models of its time period, and then you release it and it's awful. Like, if there was one model in the game that you would want to be busted, why wouldn't you want it to be the model that you literally paid someone like a year? I don't know if it was quite a year. It might have been like eight or ten months. But it was like, the dude spent a long-ass time on this model. And it came out and it was fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. And, like, why would yeah, you not I, want I, your largest, I, most beautiful, impressive model to be good? Especially if it's a dragon! Like... Same concept. You don't want the coolest, biggest stuff in MCP to be awful. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, the most popular things to be, like, bad. I think that's why there was such a backlash against Wolverine, where so many people tried to make Wolverine work, and then there was the backlash when people realized that he wasn't that good. I mean, our podcast, I think, largely exists to point out to people that Wolverine wasn't that good. Although, I think... He has kind of swung back in the current meta. It's tough because new Logan is busted. <laughs> but wrong. I think old Wolverine is, like, actively fine. Well, that is that is its own conversation, which I... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We could, we could have that yes, some other time. Uh... But I, I think what I'm trying to say is that if something has to be busted, let's make it these things that are icon- iconic. That bring Marvel. people into the game and grow our community, yeah. right? Like... When Hulk is the best thing in the game, I mean, if you got to pick someone to be the best, Hulk's probably a, a reasonable pick. But could also be Spider Man, you know. Yeah, let's let's buff Web Warriors. Like, man, I think they're in a rough yeah. spot. If they got Eye in the Sky, would you uh, would you try Web Warriors again? <laughs> yeah, Eye in the Sky, or if they put Spider Tracker comes back every turn <laughs> on that faction. Who boy, I would take a good hard look again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said something at LVO that was um, when you were playing something to the effect of when you were playing Web Warriors, you enjoyed. It. I mean, y- you you liked MCP, but then when you um, when you picked up Shield, and you're like, no, this this is when I actually liked MCP. Um, yeah, I don't want to misquote you, but do you want to kind of share what your what your thought was with that? Yeah, so I think I said that I pretended I was having a good time when I played Web Warriors, and I was lying to everyone, especially myself. Yes. And then when I started to play S.H.I.E.L.D., I was like, no, actually MCP's a very good game. (laughs) Very Uh, Kirkovian way of explaining that. That was great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, I think. Um, (laughs) I actually meant that in a positive light. I I, I know you... But I I think you're too used to your Discord, where people throw that at you as a negative... Uh, I think I think the Kirkovian joke is always, uh, at its worst, a friend ribbing yes. a friend. Um. Anyway, I think that Web Warriors is it's kind of a trap of an affiliation in some weird ways. I think it's just a rough place to enter MCP from. I have one of my very good friends that I played Guild Ball with for years and a whole bunch of games, including War Machine just got into mcp and he's playing webs and i'm trying to help him out and because i you know i've i've got like probably 100 games with webs but they're all from a year ago and i just think it's a really brutal unforgiving way to enter the game you're you're not wrong 
And like, cause so much of playing webs is your opponents attacking you, and it teaches you to like hate the dice of the game because the dice really only do damage to you. The dice don't do damage to the opponent because your faction doesn't try to deal damage to the opponent really. And I think that aspect of like embracing the chaos of the dice was not a thing I learned to do until I started to play shield. I think that's a really good assessment because for some reason, even though I like kind of the control and displacement teams, I've never quite been able to like webs just never clicks every time I try to play them. And I think what you summarize there is essentially my exact problem where it just feels like you are at the mercy of the dice. And Mm -hmm. that's, it's, it's not a fun. And I think you and I have a similar mindset of like, we want to have agency. And whereas we like what the webs characters do, it just feels like, like, I swear to God, every time I try to play webs, Gwen gets one shot by like a five dice attack. And Mm -hmm. that's just, and you just like, you just don't have any say in the situation and it doesn't, doesn't feel right. I, there's this other thing going on with webs that is going to sound incredibly whiny, but like, keep in mind, everyone, I don't actually care. I'm a shield yeah. player. <laughs> um, <laughs> in that, I, there's like this new class of model that has come out in the last year, and there's been a bunch of them that have come out. You know, uh, I think the prime candidates are like Hulk, Malekith, Ulick, uh, Juggernaut, that are these super fast models that are tanky that can deal a ton of damage and are like essentially borderline immune to control or at least the kind of control that webs can do because webs is about staying like out of your opponent's range or making it really inefficient to attack me uh by being far away and pushing you away and like how does webs ever control ulik Ulik moves five, moves a five for three power. And it can do that multiple times a turn. You know, it's funny that you mentioned this because I, one of my, so I do this thing where I text myself episode ideas and something I texted myself literally last night was essentially, um, it was basically displacement dead question mark. And the concept of it was, is with the release of new Hulk, juggernaut, rogue, like, even Agent Venom. Um, but, you know, you just go through the list of characters, and there's so much more action economy in the game as of, like, what's been added in the last year that the idea, mm-hmm. you know, when you play, like, Webs or Avengers that throws someone off, like, the, the, the Avengers throw teams with, like, Vision and Beast and, you know, all of that stuff, like, you're like, well, I can live because I throw them off a point and then they ca- try to come back and they only get one attack. And that just Mm -hmm. seems like it's a dead concept right now. Whether intentionally or not, there are just so many top-notch, you know, Apex. You know, like, you just go down. It's just a huge list of characters. Ulick. They're just going to, like, they're not going to lose anything. They just charge right back onto the point and make two attacks and punish you like hell for not being a super durable, fighty character. Yeah. uh, I think... Displacement as a way to keep your model safe is yes. dead. I think displacement is always going to be useful because of the objective-based nature of secures. 
Like, it's always going to be a thing you want on your models, especially in the forms of throws that can audible to being damaged. Oh, for sure. And I, the displacement dead was meant to be a little bit exaggerated, because obviously displacement yeah, is yeah. critical, but the concept of, like, the displacement team or the displacement roster that's just, like, going to survive off of that displacement is, pro- like, it seems almost impossible to run now. Yeah, dude, I get it. You gotta, I gotta get you to make my YouTube thumbnails, man. Displacement dead, absolutely. Yeah. People would click on that. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, it is a thing that I don't think the sky is falling yet. But I put me in the category of concerned. Yes. Fair, but yeah, it's a weird place, and that that is one where kind of as we're talking about it, the the things that you would want to be great, and it does seem like Spider Man should should be one of those things, right? Like, maybe not the best mm-hmm. thing in the game, necessarily, but... Because what you don't want... Back from my Star Wars minis days, I have never liked Rebels since playing that game because they were basically always the best thing in the game, and every time something came out that was good for someone else, the next release would have that thing, but better for Rebels. And, like, I, it changed my opinion of Star Wars. I became so hardcore Imperial, where I'm like, gotta, gotta root for the underdog. Can't, these fucking rebels just, like, always getting the best shit. You don't, you don't want to, like, actively make people dislike Spider-Man. But Spider-Man should be good. I feel like Spider-Man should be in the top five. Yeah, absolutely. I really feel you, because, like, with this game, you know, when I was a kid, I always, you know, like, I'm going through puberty i really identify with the metaphor of mutants and i'm like oh the mutants are so cool and everything and the older i get the more i identify with bolivar trask maybe he was right the whole time <laughs> like i'm not saying this is the best for your business model uh amg but what if we went a whole year with no mutants okay now we've crossed into a territory where i can no longer <laughs> agree with you I mean, I think if they kept it to something small like eight or nine releases, I could be on board. Eight or nine releases. Uh, uh, I still love, I love digging at Chewie, and I'm sorry, Chewie, about this, but there was like a video there. Chewie was like complaining about not getting an X-Men release with the X-Men box, the like box that condensed everything. And I was like, good Lord, dude, you got four releases this year. <laughs> Forgetting X Men is going to be the most taken care of thing forever. Oh, yeah, at this point, don't you worry, your little. At head. this point, I can't imagine <laughs> that we are ever going to be at a point where X Men is not in the top five. There'll just be too many releases. It's too good of a leadership mm-hmm. without like, and I'm not sure Storm is good enough that um, that AMG would change it. Right, like I think to go and like hand out a nerf to a leadership. I just I, I'm not sure it, it crosses that that threshold, but I mean I think it probably should. But anyway, but let's get let's get back to Shield. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what were we talking about? <laughs> um, so coming back to um, I wanna I do want to do a little bit of LVO coverage in this um, because obviously you know you, you you took the event you 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 proved your your concept with Shield. Um, but I'm kind of curious, going into the event, what was your personal goal? Because you weren't even qualified when you arrived in, in Vegas. Um, what, what, did you have a conversation with, like, Nate and Pat and just be like, all right, here is my goal for LVO? 
Yeah, I had my goal a little bit more kind of nebulous in how I, like, approached it. And I, I said this every day of the weekend. I said it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, like, at breakfast to Nate. I was like, I just want to be proud of how I played. Like, I don't care if I win, if I lose. I want to look back on it and be like, I'm proud of my representation and how I played my faction and how I did it. And if the dice don't go my way, if the matchups don't go my way, whatever. Right? I don't need to qualify to be like... Uh, for this to be a successful event for me. I just want to be happy with how I played. And obviously, I couldn't be happy yeah. with how I did. <laughs> There's no happier than this. But, like, if any of the players that I played outplayed me, I would have been happy to lose to that, right? Especially, like, with, like, the big names that I played against, right? With, like, uh, if Cohen beat me at another event, I would have been disappointed to lose five events in a row to him. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. He's a great player. He earned it. Like, I would have been happy with that, especially if I played the best I could. Him or DeLuca or Andrew in the finals or Wreath, I know, is an incredible player. Uh, and, like, a lot of my other opponents, I thought, played very well and any one of them could have beat me. And I think if I just played my game and I played well and just, like, my dice didn't cooperate... I think I still would come away with the same like level of respect of how I did. Yeah, and I mean, and you, I think there is something different, right? When you're like you, you concede to um, playing the like already existing best roster, right? Like if you switch to X Men at the last minute because you wanted to win, and then you get fifth, you might come away with a disappointing mm -hmm. feeling. Where you're like, man, I should have just fucking played Shield, and yeah. I think when you're playing your own thing and doing it well and, like, giving great players a great game, that's going to be a rewarding experience kind of regardless of your record. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, like... There, there's a trap of... And it's, like, it's easy for me to say this having succeeded at winning the yes. whole thing. But I, I think there's a trap players can fall into that's very results-oriented in, like, I need... For this to be successful, I want a top eight. Like, that's my goal is to top eight. And you could play really well and have played an incredible set of games and not top eight because of tie breaks or something. And just come away from the weekend disappointed in yourself. And I think that can get doubled down if you play the, like, groupthink list. Where you're like, everyone has agreed that these ten models are the best ten models in the game. I put those ten models in a list. This is what I'm doing. Like, it's more complicated than that, obviously. But I think putting a your own special spin on your roster and being like, this is the thing, or this is my self-expression within my list that I've played, not just how I actually played it on the table, but how I built the roster is an expression of myself. I think it can be hard to go wrong with that, especially when you do well, like me. Like, I think I was devoid of almost every meta piece <laughs> in my roster. And that feels incredible, right? Like, to be like, everybody thought these five models were the best models in the game. You know who didn't play any of those models? This guy. The, only, the funny thing is, if you go down the top ten most played models in the Invitational, you could literally build a Brotherhood roster with those ten characters, yes. and <laughs> it would be great. Like, 
You you could just <laughs> moneyball it and be like, I'm going to play the ten most played characters. And I actually think you would have a fair amount of success. That is at a legitimately good roster. The funny thing is, the 11th character is Rhino, and that was the only one you had in your roster, but it was also your like yep. least played character. Yep, I played him one time, and I lost the game that I played. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, talking about S.H.I.E.L.D., you, if you had to pick, like, a favorite moment from any of the games at LVO, what would that moment be? Uh, man, there's a bunch of them. I think the most fun moment is easily the uh, sack onto Hawkeye to kill She-Hulk. <laughs> I'm sure like, uh, Alyssa I, is not... That's not her favorite moment, but... Holy shit, is that yeah. mean? And I'm sure she's listened to all these podcasts and is just like, oh, I'm going to hear the how I got blown out. Actually, again. because she got the Inhumans coin, she's all in on humans and taking a step back from... So I think it's probably not as bad. Or she's like, all right, this is... You know, we even talked up Inhumans a little bit during this episode. So if she listens, I think she might be like, just reinforced like, hey, fucking Inhumans, these nerds. Yeah. Uh, humans is yeah. good, dude. I, I think it's I, good. I agree. We are on the 100% on the same page there. So... Yeah, that that's brutal. Have, have you have you ever had a like sacrifice to Hawkeye play that good before LVO? God, I wish I could say no, but absolutely. <laughs> like, uh, I made a whole video. So the one that it was less likely to happen was sacrifice. In my initial testing games, it happened a lot with Eye in the Sky, where like. Uh, I don't know, like Star-Lord or something, would walk up within three and shoot Hawkeye. And then I'd be like, okay, uh, Hawkeye plays Eye in the Sky, walks, and he's like, okay, well, I guess I shoot this guy. And I'm like, no, hang on. Hawkeye is going to back up, stand in this cover, stay inside four, and quick draw you and put shock on you. Uh, Have a good time taking the shot. I'm going to be deaf two in cover for your four die shot. I don't think you're gonna kill Hawkeye. But I mean, did have you ever like have you ever killed a Hulk or a Malekith with a sacrifice to uh fast draw? Uh man, I've killed so many Malekiths. Uh just not Zax. <laughs> I think I have Yeah, just not well Zax well the trick to not getting fast drawed by Hawkeye is to not make attacks with oh. Malekith. <laughs> The game that Zach beat me, I think his Malekith made two attacks the entire game. My man. <laughs> it was very much, I got caught in a chase, and I could not catch the tankiest, fastest model yeah. in the game. Um, yeah, I've I've killed uh, Hawkeyes on counterattacks with uh, Hawkeye. I've killed a whole bunch of leaders. Like, I've killed Sam's. I've killed... Other Hawkeyes. Oh my god, have you ever seen two Hawkeyes shoot each other? <laughs> I have had hypothetical conversations about it um, and how crazy it would be, but uh, no. Uh, this has come up a bunch of times. I've had this happen at least three times uh, to the point where I've gotten quite good at knowing that my ho- whether my Hawkeye is going to win it or not. <laughs> uh, a unique uh, skill. <laughs> For some reason, Fast Draw isn't once per turn. Yeah. Like, this is bonkers to me. And so, like, when a Hawkeye shoots a Hawkeye, they just both dump all their power 
and whoever hits the shock first wins. <laughs> that's uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so stupid. But um, so talking a little bit about your shield journey, how quickly? Because it hadn't really occurred to me until LVO just how much you really had built the counterattack roster. Um. Was this something that was kind of immediately apparent as you started playing S.H.I.E.L.D., or was this something that evolved as you were playing it? Uh, it definitely evolved as I played it. So the thing to keep in mind is I picked up S.H.I.E.L.D. out the gate, so there's no commanders yeah. yet. So you, you essentially always play Iron Man and Nick once I figured out how good Helios was in S.H.I.E.L.D., and then you try to slam Bucky every single time. Uh, at the time, I was slamming Bucky every single game, and I was just losing to X-Men really bad and being like, oh, there's nothing I can do about this. Yeah, sorry about uh, uh, playing X-Men just... into your primary opponent right before you got into S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine, 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 <laughs> fine, 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 fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not mad at yeah. all about it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm totally cool. I, I, there was a cool thing for you to do to me. Uh, <laughs> I don't Best buddies for life. All. I got you. Ha Merry <laughs> Absolutely. Christmas, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy yeah. birthday to me. Um, it was like, it kind of, I noticed that like I had all this, like just kind of agency when the opponent was going. Like I had lots of things I could do. And so I was like, well, let's look for more stuff that I can do during the opponent's turn. And then the commandos came out and I was like, hang on, I have access to double gotcha back. This is just the way. Like there's no... It was like one of those things where it was like in the corner of my mind and I was working on it and I was like rolling it around and then a big neon sign came out that was just like, do it the way you were thinking about do it, dummy. This is the correct way. Yeah, that that, that is not surprising. Okay, not so it was, kind of, it was kind of when the Howling Commandos came out that it really kind of like the pieces fell together. Like you saw the Matrix and you're like, I am going to have entire activations during my opponent's turn and everyone else is going to hate it, but this is going to be fun as fuck. <laughs> that makes sense. All right, so obviously you auto-qualify for the Invitational next year. Do you, like, obviously, we're going to have a whole year of releases and such. What do you think the odds are that you try to come back with S.H.I.E.L.D. in 2024 and go back-to-back? -back? I So, I think the odds of me going back-to-back -back are very low. Safe, uh, safe, safe <laughs> betting. Good, LV, good uh, Vegas odds right. there. And I'd put them at at least 1 in 64. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that seems really mathematically correct. Um, so I think there's really good odds that I'm back with S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, the faction just fits me so well, and unless they do something like errata Eye in the Sky to lose its recur its recursive nature or something like that, that, like, unless they do something that fundamentally changes the way the faction has to be played, I guess they could also release a bunch of really broken stuff for S.H.I.E.L.D. that forces them out of this counterattacks thing that I enjoy. Like, if they're suddenly, like, the best scenario team in the game, and everybody's playing them scenario-focused, I maybe I wouldn't have as good of a time. And I would feel bad because I'm not playing them in their strongest format. But overall, I think it's really... I mean, who knows what the future's going to hold. There might be a new S.H.I.E.L.D. leader by then. Like, who knows? It could be anything. Or maybe Runaways will be out, and I'll be on Runaways. 
which are my favorite comic uh, book team. And I, I, I think the odds are really good that I'm going to like S.H.I.E.L.D. because I think the fiction's fine, but man, the mechanics are just like so my jam that even if they're not the strongest thing in the game, I think there's good odds I will show up and I will just like try to take down some names or whatever with them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're, they do seem just in general a lot of fun, a unique play style, and it, it's something that your skill with the affiliation is going to shine right like they're not a point and click affiliation they've got a ton of tools and like the better you are with them like the more likely that you're gonna you know get you know one of the best players in the continent to step on a rake (laughs) so all right well before we wrap up the primary episode why don't you shout out where people can find all of the sweet vince um which by the way i remember having a conversation and my my partner was around and people were talking about how you know you dark horsed and nobody expected shield to win and uh, i can't remember the exact question that she asked but my response was no vince has literally explained how all of this worked before the event like every single thing that he did to win he has videos demonstrating how to do it and so, like, none of this was a secret. None of this was, like, sprung on people. You either, you know, had your head in the sand or just did not have enough practice against it. Like, there was no secrets. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think that's just really just more people should be following me on all of these social media platforms so that when they find me at a tournament, they know how to beat me because I'm, I'm the worst secret keeper in the world. I'm just going to tell you how to beat me in every single podcast and just listen to them. Just follow me. And uh, there's even more tips hidden behind the Patreon, probably where I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the places you can find me are, I'm on Alfredo size three taco truck, a Marvel crisis protocol podcast, which is strangely at strictly the worst Just Google Alfredo size three taco truck. You'll find it. I'm on YouTube at Vincent Kirkov, C-U-R-K-O-V. Uh, I do all kinds of, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff and a lot of... I, I swear I'm going to do new gameplays soon, but I do a lot of, like, tactics and explaining essentially how I did all the stuff I just did at LVO. And then the last place you can find me is I run a large... Uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol tournament every October called Second Wind. It's in a brewery in Chicago. You can uh, check it out and keep up with it at secondwindchicago.com. Usually April-ish, we announce when we're going to have it and start selling tickets then. Excellent. Well, you uh, it's one of the things that just gives me a a never-ending amount of respect for you is you really are a content creator first, which I know what that's like. And it's a hard sacrifice to make at times (laughs) when you're literally like, do I talk about the thing that I found? which is fun for me and it, it it hits that journalistic instinct and it's interesting and it's good entertainment or do I want people to not know about it so I get more wins and you are very nah, secret tech is lame dude <laughs> you are very clearly in the camp of like giving away the tech absolutely like uh, if you're better than me you're better than me what am I going to do about it I can't like keep secrets it's going to work one time <laughs> And give me, what, like a 10% advantage, but instead I could just uh, be somebody in the community because I know how to talk about stuff good? That seems way more doable. 
But I mean, I guess I can be defined for the next year by just like being the best Marvel Prizes Protocol player in the world or whatever. Well, at least the no big deal. We didn't have I, that but many I also like Europeans guys. or Australians. Well, I guess we did still have an Australian, but they were they were residing in Canada, so they get like fifty percent Australian for the moment. Okay, on on this yeah. continent, best player on this continent. But also, are you implying that the England or European meta might be better than the United States meta? No way. I don't. Not my omnis. My omnis would never suggest. Anything I like was that. just saying that we <laughs> did not have the evidence to conclude one way or the other based on not having enough of them showing up. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, plus, you know, man, fucking the Polish players and the German players, man, those guys are also crazy. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I mean. If Guild Ball was any indication, every uh, winner of every international like gathering of players in Guild Ball was won by the Americans or the Germans. Usually the Germans, though. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, Poland was like in my WTC era for War Machine. Like the Poland team was fucking insane, uh, but you know Germans as well. Like that was actually who I swapped jerseys with the year that I went because. Uh, my team was the team who knocked out both of the German teams, and they were some of the craziest games of like my entire War Machine career. And I went back and swapped jerseys with uh, with one of the with one of the German players because I remember like recording like, "Hey, I, I won this game," and my teammates were like, "The fuck!" <laughs> um, but anyway, Vince, it has been a blast to talk to you, man. Um, and I, I mm-hmm. as, as much as I, I keep saying my partner in this episode, she insisted that I say hi because if it weren't for Katie I think you would have been her favorite person that she got to meet at LVO so a person a personality as well as a top notch player aww thanks I really enjoyed meeting her too well uh, listeners I absolutely insist that you you go check out the Alfredo's content check out Vince's videos and honestly like give Shield a try it will both it, it will make you a better player for sure, like 100%. There's no way that playing Shield doesn't just help you play the game better because they're, you know, uh, as you said, like, what's what's your best way of describing Shield? What Like, if you were to summarize Shield in one <laughs> sentence, Vince. Uh, so you've, you've co-opted it a bunch here, but all I do is I lay down a bunch of rakes on the battlefield and I stand back and I hope you step on them. <laughs> and that's because I, uh, I stole it from you so many times. I wanted you to have like the, the final wrap-up explanation because I like I realized we didn't actually say that. And I'm not sure that analogy made sense to people until now. But um, I, it's, it's a wonderful wonderful metaphor, analogy. I'm not, I'm not sure which one. But um, it's, it's hilarious. So listeners gonna wrap things up here vince and i will dive into a little bit more in the bonus episode but i will say the most op thing that you can do is sacrifice to hawkeye and ko a character and when you do vince and i want to hear about it so let us know later nerds